So we've reached Forgiveness Sunday. And today is also, besides being Forgiveness Sunday, the Sunday in which we commemorate or remember the expulsion of Adam and Eve from paradise. And the two are actually linked. From the very beginning, what we as human beings have needed is forgiveness. And from the very beginning, what we as human beings have failed to give is forgiveness. The uh, president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, last year, shortly after the beginning of the war, uh, on Forgiveness Sunday, said, we will never forgive. He's actually acting in this distortion of religion and morality in something that goes back to the very beginning. He's not alone in this. Patriarch Kirill painted the war against the Ukraine in terms very like a crusade. But this again is goes all the way back to the beginning. The very first murder, Cain killing his brother Abel, problematizes the morality of his position before God himself. Saying to God in response to you know, God's question, where's, where's your brother Abel? After he's just killed him. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer, of course, is yes, we are. And it's absolutely necessary for us to forgive. We only have to look at the horrors that are out there in the world. The war in Ukraine not being the least of them. To realize we are a mess. And the only way this mess is ever going to begin to be unraveled, untangled, healed, is if we forgive. The problem is that forgiveness is hard. It's even hard in the first and easiest form of forgiveness. There's, there's at least three forms of forgiveness. The first and easiest is the one which leads to what it should lead to, which is reconciliation. Someone comes to you and says, I have sinned. Please forgive me. This should be the easiest one. And well, as I say, it is the easiest one, but even this is hard. We don't want to let go. This person has hurt us. Perhaps they've betrayed us. They've done horrible things. There may be things that they have done that they cannot undo. But they're coming to us and they're asking for our forgiveness. And our job as followers of Jesus Christ, as human beings who want the world to actually be a better place, 
is to forgive them from the heart. And to be reconciled with them. So that we recognize them as our brother, our sister, someone with whom we are joined by our Creator into a family where the obligation to look after one another is ongoing. The next one is harder. Jesus prays from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He's praying for the very people who have nailed him to the cross. These people are not aware that they've done anything particularly wrong. They're just Roman soldiers carrying out their duty. This is some common criminal that they've been told to, do, to, to execute, and they're doing their job. It's an unpleasant job, but somebody has to do it. That's their perspective. Obviously, ours would be on, on that same thing, would be rather different, and Christ would be different still. And yet he prays, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This is the second form of forgiveness that is absolutely also just as necessary, as absolutely necessary as the first. But it's harder. Here, the person isn't coming to you and saying, please forgive me. The person who has offended you or hurt you or betrayed you or done whatever, you've broken your stuff or, or taken your stuff or whatever, is not aware that they have done anything wrong. Jesus does actually address this and says, uh, if your brother sin against you, go and tell him his fault. So it is appropriate in this situation to say, if there is deep hurt, look, dear brother, dear sister, you hurt me. This is what happened. They may still not get it. But this does not absolve us of our responsibility to forgive them. It might mean that we have to be a little more careful around that individual, a little less trusting of that individual in the future, because who knows, they might accidentally hurt you again. But it does mean still that you have to forgive them for the hurt that they did to you. From the heart. The last is the hardest. There are those who will hurt us, betray us, do evil and wicked things to us, destroy that which we love out of spite, out of pure evil. And yet, God instructs us to love them, which kind of requires us to forgive them. This one is, humanly speaking, actually kind of impossible. When we encounter this kind of evil, 
They've done something to us. They absolutely know that it's wrong. They don't care. This is, humanly speaking, almost impossible to forgive. And, you know, here I kind of understand President Zelensky saying, we will never forgive. But we have to. This is what we are called to do by Christ himself. How do we do this? And here, actually, we get to what seems like an unrelated part of the gospel reading for today. So this instruction to forgive that Christ gives his apostles comes immediately after he teaches them how to pray. Immediately after he has just revealed to them the Lord's Prayer. This is how you are to pray, he says. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then he goes on to elaborate on that. He says, if you do not forgive men their transgressions, your Father in heaven will not forgive you yours. This is a necessary prerequisite to the healing of humanity, to the healing of our own hearts. We must forgive. Otherwise, we cannot be forgiven. And so this impossible situation, which then arises, presents itself. But they hate me. But they've done evil things to me. They do not care. How do I forgive them? And so Jesus says, when you fast, Wait a sec, fast? What's that got to do with anything? When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't go around with a long face. Of course, we're about to start a very long fast, right? So this is good instruction, good reminder here. Don't go around making sure that everybody knows that you're fasting. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I just can't manage to do anything right now. Why not? Oh, because I'm fasting. No, don't do that. Jesus says, wash your face, comb your hair, make sure you look like a normal person, and just, you know, go about your daily business. If you can, hide your fast. I mean, if you can, don't, don't, don't lie about it or anything, but, but, but don't, don't just hide, the, even hide the fact that you're fasting. And he, and, he, and he continues, do not lay up treasures for yourselves here on earth. There's a connection here. What is fasting? It is giving up something that we know to be good. The food that God created for us to enjoy. It's good food. We're not giving it up because it's bad. We're giving it up precisely because it is good. It is a blessing. It is a treasure. And yet, we need not to be controlled by this blessing, which is precisely what our appetites tend to do. They tend to control us. I want this. I want that. Ah, I can get this. Okay, great. I'm going to go get this. In the fasting periods, 
we stop ourselves and we say, oh, wait a second, it's a fasting period. I'm not going to go get this right now because it's not an appropriate thing to do at this time. I have committed to not doing this for this period of time so that I am not controlled by that desire, so that I am not simply driven one way or another by my own lusts and desires, so that I can actually detach from this, the, the, the very good and blessed things that are in this world provided for us by God. And so the fast that we engage in is a part of that spiritual discipline to disconnect ourselves from this world. To not be so connected to those treasures which we are laying up for ourselves in this world and to lay ourselves up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. Where what we are laying up for ourselves cannot ever be taken away from us by anyone even through the eternal ages. This is where our heart needs to be, but our heart isn't. But as we disconnect it, as we realize that all these things that we care so deeply about in this world are transitory, are fleeting, are not where our heart should be, then we are enabled by the grace of God, by our own participation in that, by disciplining ourselves, to say, okay, well, I want that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to value that above obedience to God. And then we can realize, we can begin to realize at any rate, that those things which the evil people have taken from us are not ultimately taken from us. Those things which, where we have been betrayed or hurt, well, that's not eternal either. This is not where our hearts should be. We actually have to back off from that, to let go of that, to hold all these things lightly. And this ultimately gives us what we need in order to be able to forgive and to love even those who hate us, even those who are enemies. As Christ instructs, as we see Christ, the giver of life, the ultimate judge, the one who will set everything right, and we entrust all things into his hands as they ought to be and as they will be, then that gives us the power to love and to forgive as God himself loves and forgives. As God himself extends to us his holy, unmerited, and inexhaustible love and forgiveness, extending it to us freely. Our job is to take that and to freely give what we have freely received. To forgive, even as our Father in heaven forgives. To love, even as our Father in heaven 
love. And if we do this, as we even begin to do this, we begin the healing of our own, whole, of our own hearts and the healing of humanity and the world itself to the glory of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages.